It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. going on lacrosse fans welcome back to lax class ep 156 coming your way here right on the lacrosse flash podcast network that's where we are uh, we are also wherever your favorite podcasts are going down as well i say we i'm jake kelly and i'm here with my co-host once again this week the general manager the president he's also the owner of the Toronto Rock, Jamie Dowick back on the pod. Jamie, let's get you in. Uh, lots to talk about here once again as we move in to the month of November. Uh, we're recording November the 1st here. The calendar has flipped. We're one day, one month closer to the beginning of the season. And training camps rolled out this weekend as well. Uh, so tons to talk about here on EP156. How's it going? Going good, buddy. Going good. Yeah. Open training camp on Saturday there. We had one session. Man, did it feel good. It was awesome to see the all the guys back together. And, you know, it's a different time, but, um, you know, feels good. Just one session. That's it. One time on Saturday. Nothing else. Yeah. Well, so we, we kind of space our entire training camp out. We basically go once on Saturday and once on Tuesday. And since most of our guys live in the market, uh, we're able to do that. We feel like we, we get the most out of that as opposed to guys going three or four times in a weekend, you know, so we take advantage of that. All right. Uh, fair enough. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the Toronto rock this week here on lax class. Is it, uh, I said last week, uh, we, we started at the top of the alphabet or the beginning of the alphabet. I suppose you could say in Albany and Buffalo, I felt it's always unfair to, to leave teams like Saskatchewan and Toronto and Vancouver near, near the end of the list uh, for last all the time. So we're got, uh, we got Matty Sawyer, head coach of the Toronto rock. You know, that guy we'll have him. He's all right. Yeah, we'll have, he is all right. We'll have him coming on. Met Matty Sawyer first time back in 2010 when my ad next beat is Northman in the Minto cup. Uh, I don't know if we'll bring that up, but I, I just had to get that in there off the top of my head. Matt Sawyer, head coach of the Toronto rock coming up in quarter two and Vancouver Warriors on deck this week as well. I just happened to be out uh, at the Langley Event Center over the weekend watching a little Warriors training camp. Very exclusive. No fans allowed uh, in there, Jamie, but uh, they let uh, old Jumbo slip in through the doors and check out some Warriors action from this weekend. So uh, they had the black-white game, a couple practices in there as well. The rookies got after it, medicals, physicals, all that sort of stuff got done. So we'll talk to the GM of the Vancouver Warriors, one Dan Richardson, in quarter number three as season previews continue on here on Lax Class for the next, uh, well, month and, and a bit. Um, so we'll look forward to those two conversations. We got quick sticks, lots of quick sticks coming up in quarter number four. And Stampede Stallion coming up right here in quarter number one. Um but, First things first here, we don't have the big focus drop, and, and we're not doing that, Jamie, but I think we got to talk about this right off the top. Well, maybe we need to talk about, we, we got to get this in for Chugger, don't we? How did fantasy go this weekend? 
Well, it's so had a good week in the Rock League. We got a win already with a guy to go tonight. So we took down B. Miller in the Rock League. So I'm happy about that. Embarrassed myself a little bit in the Family League. And uh, <laughs> I need I need Devontae Booker tonight for the Giants. Uh, you know, I'm not looking for too much. Just 10 fantasy points and I'll be thrilled. So uh, kind of cheering for a high score in game tonight. Well, the Chiefs defense sucks. So you probably got a good shot at that. Giants and Chiefs uh, Monday Night Football tonight. Got to get that in there. Uh, what else did you do on the weekend, man? Well, no, that was, well, Saturday night was, well, Saturday was, we started our physicals at 7.30 in the morning. So I was at the track nice and early, spent the entire day here. You have your stethoscope and thermometer, what, you were doing the physicals or what? No, I had to do COVID tests. So like, uh, (laughs) so we did, we all did that. Thankfully, for the first time through, everyone was good. So, And I saw your um, tweet, your entire organization double-vaxxed. Uh, good for you and good on the Rock organization yeah. for that. And that's not just the players. That's my entire organization, track and, and Rock. So, um, you know, that, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. And, and uh, you know, everyone's choice on their own. But uh, I'm happy about that. And, uh, yeah, and Saturday night I took uh, – the coaches and their wives down to the Leaf game. Bruce, uh, oh. a big Red Wings guy, and the Red Wings were in town, so we had a lot of fun down there after you know first good day of practice. So did they Sunday, win? I don't even know. Did the Leafs win? Leafs like- Leafs won five and four. It was okay. a little back and forth, so it was a lot of fun. Good um, stuff. And then, good stuff. Yeah. Well, nothing uh, too eventful. Well, that no, I mean that's uh, that's a solid weekend right there, man. A little train camp, a little Leafs action, a little uh, a little night out on the town and in the big smoke there. That's that's good stuff. I uh, here on a Monday, I'm one day away from being seven weeks out on my surgery here, and I've been getting a little squirrely now. Not really being like, I mean, walking has kind of been like the most exerting thing that I've uh, been able to accomplish, really. Uh, but I was over at Danny's on the weekend, and she's got a, a, a Peloton bike. Well, it's an Echelon, but it's essentially the same thing, just different brand name. Uh, and I took it home with me, man. I, I got on it today, and thankfully, like, pain-free for 45, close to an hour, riding the bike, standing, sitting, all of it, and... Now I got no more excuses, man. I can get after it on this thing. I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, seven weeks out, and and now I'm starting to to crank it up here a little bit. So is there a comeback in the future? Well, I'm telling you, man. Uh, the way I was, <laughs> I was tripping today after after about half an hour was was no joke. So another uh, couple of months of that, and, and we'll see. I might be ready for the back half of the season. Let me know. Let me know. Yeah, I gonna like honestly, like I. Since I dropped, How old are you now? I'm 48 now. I'm 48 now. But honestly, like since I dropped the hundo, which was like just prior to COVID, I've kind of managed to maintain. And I don't know if people know that. You know, I I saw you somewhere, and I was like, "Holy shit, Jumbo!" Like, uh, man, well, impressive. I I think that's it. That's something you should be commended on. Well, uh, I don't not know if it is. Not an easy thing to do. Well, listen. Well, uh, nobody it, it, nobody it, it was is. there cheering me on while I put the put the hundred on. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying there? Like nobody was yeah. doing a nice job uh, burying burying food down your gullet uh, and and gaining a hundred pounds. But point being, like I 
I've managed to kind of make, I'm probably up about nine, 10 pounds from the hundred I've lost over the last couple of years with the pandemic and my hip getting pretty bad before surgery and just not really being able to, to kind of go the way I wanted to go. But at the end of the day, it's, it's more the, the eating than it is the, the exercising. But point being of all this here, now I'm on the, I'm on the right side of things and I'm, I'm feeling like I'm pretty motivated to try and like do another 40 starting today. Like I think today after that ride, I might, I might set myself another goal here for, for the next year or so and, and try and knock off another 40. Well, good for you. Good for you. Speaking, I don't want to give him too much plug because we've mentioned his name too much, but you should talk to Chugger about that. That guy rides a bike like, Three hours a day. Uh, <laughs> I don't doubt multi- it, man. He he lost the shitload too. Dude, he's in way better shape now than when he was playing. That's for sure. I yeah. mean, he, he really. But I know he, he's on that bike like three hours, two sessions a day, I think, and other stuff as well. It's pretty. It's well, pretty he's wild. got nothing else to do. That guy, right? Like, well, just, that's true, right? I mean, it's just uh, just hanging out. Might as well hop on the bike. So, yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I will. Um, before we get into our, our Stampede Stallion here, got to talk about this, ESPN. Those four letters are a big deal as, as the National Lacrosse League has signed. We've been waiting for this news to come. We've all kind of known it was coming, but it, it finally came down the pipe here, Jamie. And this is just monumental, massive news for the National Lacrosse League, lacrosse in general, fans that like lacrosse, and the average sports fan that is now going to have eyeballs on our teams in the league. Yeah, it is big, and and I know that uh, you know number of linear games on ESPN or ESPN News or whatever that is, two or however that works, is only ten, and isn't that great? Isn't a huge number, but it's a chance for fans that are flipping around that cable box or satellite dish or whatever. And then to me, the bigger thing might be the ESPN plus thing, because, you know, a lot of people in, in the States have ESPN plus and, and yes, I believe might be a bit of a pay service or whatever, but you know, you're not paying for lacrosse. These people pay for the ESPN plus service and, and they have a lot of things on that. So, you know, great opportunity to get in front of people. Listen, I make no mistake about it. Uh, it's exciting times and this and that. These are early times for, for us in TV and getting back into it. And, you know, I've done my thing with TSN here before. And they're going to be a great partner up here in Canada and for the league and, um, you know, linear TV and, and being involved with those, you know, prominent networks and companies is good for exposure of our league and our game. No question about it. Uh, that TSN News Game of the Week schedule will be coming out pretty quick, I would imagine, as well. So stay tuned for that. Uh, what else here, Jamie? I I mean, it's been a long time since the league has been on linear TV. And, and uh, we'll talk a little bit that more about that in, in Quick Sticks as uh, NLL 35 Moments ties into that nicely. So... With all that being said, my man, uh, how about it? let's uh, let's mount up on on the the stallions here and head for the stable? You down? Yeah, it's not my week, isn't it? No, it's mine. But you're right. Yeah, are you ready? Are you? Okay, you ready to ride? Giddy up! Uh, let's go. 
Here we go. Stamp, Stampede Stallion Stables here, uh, presented by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Let's let's get that in before I forget once again, Jamie. Uh, one item Stampede Tack and Western Wear has to offer right now is their great selection of Blundstone boots. I know they're a little short on on supply for a while, but I think uh, the shipment, the big shipments, finally come in. They're out there in Cloverdale, so lots of Blundstones to choose from. And now that the weather is starting to feel a little bit more like winter as we roll into November and the NLL knocking on the door, why not get yourself a new pair of Blunnies? I guess that's what they call them. Sure, for Blundstones, Jamie. I didn't know that. Blunnies. For the upcoming season, when we finally get the chance to get back in arenas and take in a game, doesn't matter if you're getting ready for the job site, a hike, or a night out on the town to take in a game for your favorite team. Stampede Tack and Westerware has the perfect fair, perfect pair of Blundstones for you. Shop online, still shopping local, stampede.ca, or head out there to Cloverdale. They've been there since 1966, corner of Highway 10 and 180th. Drove right by it the other day. Can't miss it to stampede.ca. Bluntstones, they got them. All right, Jamie, my selection this week. And uh, man, oh man, I got all sorts of clues for you. I don't I don't want to be like you last week and, and knock it out. First pitch swinging to dead center field. I got it off the first clue. So I'm going to make you work here a little bit, but uh, you're going to know this guy. And I think you're going to like the pick. So I'll start with this one because it's close to home. Uh, won a Champions Cup with the Toronto Rock in 1999. Anyway, Pat Campbell. No. Played junior lacrosse. With Mississauga, Kitchener, Waterloo, and Toronto. Well, Nothing. Don't have to Bob Watts. No, you don't have to. You don't have to guess if you can. Pat, you can just ask. Yeah, me. that was embarrassing. All right. I know we didn't. Yeah. Led the Ottawa Rebel in scoring in two thousand and three. It's a little before my time. I know. Uh, I'll give you another. I'll give you another right, clip. Let's go. Keep going. Won the Man Cup. With the Peterborough Lakers. Now we're getting into it here. Won the Man Cup with the Peterborough Lakers in 04, 06, 07, and 2012. Could this be Matt Giles? Oh, you got it. There you go. I didn't even Matt have Giles. to mention here that he played for 13 different teams in the NLL. That is nuts. Yeah. Listen to this. And everybody guessed Dan Dawson, but wow. yeah, no, I, I listen, great, great pick. Uh, listen, we're going to. Matty Giles, yeah. I saw him this weekend, uh, coach from Rochester, big boy, big boy. The old silverback is what we used to call him. When he came out to New West, I got a chance to play a year with, with Matty Giles in New West. Um, him and Sean Parnell came out one year, but listen, listen to this list here. Starting in 1999, he goes Toronto and like never spent more than two years with an organization. Okay. So he played from 99 to 2013, Toronto, Albany, Columbus, Montreal, Ottawa, Rochester, Rochester, back to Toronto, Edmonton, Chicago, Chicago, Philadelphia, Philadelphia, Boston, Minnesota, Buffalo, 
Buffalo rounding out his career. 192 games in the National Lacrosse League, 513 points for Matt Giles. 13. He's got to give dispersal, dispersal Dan Dawson a run for that's, his money. No, I think that's the record. Dispersal. Well, I'm talking dispersal oh, drafts. Yeah. A bunch of those teams there, he would have been taken probably – it high in dispersal drafts, right? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. where the where the keeper lists were smaller, you know. So, wow, that's a lot of teams for for such a good player. Well, and that like that always tells you something that you know you, somebody's got to want you to get traded, right? Otherwise, you just get cut. So, although he bounced around to a lot of different teams. There was always a general manager or a coach out there that had some sort of connection to Matt Giles that said, yeah, I want Matty Giles on my team. Yeah, well, big boy, can't teach that. Um, you know, just a great player. Soft Longevity, hands. Uh, winner. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's uh, a boy. boy. I like it. Oh, thank you. Burrow boy. Trish yeah, we won't, hold, we won't hold that against him that he's a Burrow boy. but I think he's actually coaching Junior A in Peterborough now, if I'm not mistaken. Is he not? No, uh, they got taken over this year by Hopi. Oh and yeah, right. Turner the, Evans and that crew there. there. Yeah. So he what he used to coach the junior A's. Yeah. Um, I think now he's just doing Rochester and then uh, probably some youth stuff on the side. But you know, I think he, I, I think he's a good you know one of those guys that's transitioned over to coaching and I think he does a good job there and uh, you know knowledgeable guy. Like I said. You know, big tough guy. You know, big, big. big. That helps. Yeah, um, soft hands great... could score inside out. Okay. Yeah. Like he had it. He had it all. Even up. even when he was around in Philly, I remember him in Philly when I early in my tenure, and uh, you know, even later in his career, he still could put up some points. Well, those he were was his, guy that... those were his best years there, actually, in, in Philadelphia. Almost uh, Chicago, okay, yeah. Chicago, away, Philadelphia, nine. Yeah. yeah. So there you go, Matt Giles, uh, my man. Welcome to the stable. You were this week's Stampede Stallion of the Week. Your pick next week, Jamie. Uh, shout out to the corporal at, at swarmitup.com for, for those ju- juicy nuggets. Um, corporal, that, if you haven't checked out that website, it's pretty cool how much detailed information he has on not only current NLLers, but drafts and and players gone by just uh crazy man crazy how up on it he is and sometimes information that is super hard to find as well so shout out to the corpo swarm it up.com jamie let's get to break here quarter one is done quarter two coming up season previews we're talking toronto rock with the head coach matt sawyer on the other side keep it right here lax class 156 back after this Hey, this is Mitch Jones of the Vancouver Warriors. You're listening to the Cross Classified Growing the Game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lax Class. We're into the second quarter of action here on EP156. Jake Kelly and Jamie Dowick. And uh, season preview time as we skip to the other end of the alphabet here. And we're talking Toronto Rock Lacrosse as we welcome back to the podcast the head coach of the Rock. 
One Matt Sawyer. Matty, I was uh, telling Jamie off the top, we met way back in 2010 at the Minto Cup, which uh, was a little better for, for yours truly than it was for you. But uh, that's kind of when our relationship started. Welcome back uh, to the podcast. And how's it going as you head into year five of your coaching tenure with Toronto? Uh, well, uh, um, things are, uh, things are going good. Thanks for uh, having me on jumbo. And, um, yes, uh, 2010 there, that was a, uh, um, a better mental cup for Coquitlam, but it was still a, a good one to be, uh, be a part and of. And the Northmen for, uh, have had North their Cup. way with the Adnacks on more than one occasion at the, at the Minto. As yeah, well. we, um, uh, yeah, with, uh, well, two, uh, two, uh, strong franchises, uh, uh definitely both on the, uh, East and West coast. And, um, you know, uh, we, uh, we got another crack at them in the, uh, in the 2012, I guess, uh, mental cup, uh, myself personally. And that was the first time I got to see Challen Rogers, uh, up close he was uh he was just a kid then but uh could you see uh, could you see what he was going to turn into back then like did you have a pretty good idea that the kid was special well uh, you know to say that you could tell he that he was going to turn into what he is right now which uh you know for me is one of the uh the best all around if not the best all around players in the game um you know i'd, I'd be lying you you could see though uh, I, I believe he was 16 maybe he'd turn 17 but you uh um, uh, you could see how, uh, uh, what type of prospect he was and, and that there was all kinds of, uh, of upside, uh, uh, to him as a lacrosse player. Didn't, uh, didn't know the rest of, uh, um, you know, um, everything about him, all the intangibles, the type of person he is and, uh, and all of that. But, uh, you know, his, uh, lacrosse skill just, uh, uh it jumped out at you on the, uh, on the lacrosse floor for sure. And, yeah. and you could tell, tell that he was going to be uh, somebody that, uh, is kind of the, um, you know, the, uh, the player of the future, I call it, uh, the prototypical, right? Like just yeah, exactly just what you're looking for at the lacrosse offensive, player. offensively and defensively strong lacrosse player. And I, like, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but not to make this entire interview about challenge, but I, like, I don't think the kids even come close to his ceiling yet, which freaks me out a bit. Yeah. He, there's, um, there's a lot there and, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, we're doing our best to uh, give him more and more responsibility. He just uh, thrives on playing in uh, um, in all kinds of situations, and uh, you know he he wants more. Uh, you're talking about it, uh, uh, somebody that's gone from being a, a defender and a transition uh, uh, player to at the same time setting up the top of your power play. So. Um, yeah, you know, and we've been forced to use them out the front door with yeah. some injuries as well. Nobody so, else, not too many guys can do that. that. No, nobody else in the league is is doing that. Just think about that for a second. Playing the top of the power play and and being like the transition player of the year as well. It's just he's a freak, man. Um, Jamie was saying you guys uh, got in a session on on Saturday. I know everybody went through their their physicals and their medicals and and got through that uh, with flying colors. How did how did Saturday go as a whole? Just probably pretty nice just to be back out there with everybody and probably seeing some faces that you haven't seen in a while in person. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, you know, that's the first thing, right. Uh, obviously stayed in touch and um, with a, a lot of our players, I'm lucky that uh, I'm around a lot of them uh, at the track just because uh, we kind of uh, work together down there. But uh, um, you know, for uh, a good, uh, a good chunk of them, it's just been uh, uh, phone calls over the last kind of uh, 16 months and, and touching base here and there. So it was great to, uh, to get in the dressing room and get in the arena and just be around everybody. Um, and uh, there's been a lot of anticipation and, and hope about the season. 
um, you know, uh, it's just kind of setting in the reality uh, that, all right, we're here and uh, we're getting ready to go. So from that standpoint, it's awesome. And, and uh, from uh, a coaching staff, um, uh, Saturday was real good for us. We, uh, we really liked what, uh, uh, what went on at Saturday session and uh, uh, we're going to duplicate it tomorrow night with our, uh, our next uh, uh, training camp and kind of go from there. Yeah, you got the nice luxury of going Tuesdays and Saturdays with everybody being relatively local. Where do I want to go with this? Like, uh, it's been so long. Like, uh, maybe, I mean, Jamie's done a nice job. I'll, I'll give him a pat on the back of, of kind of filling out the back end roster with Noble and Disnew coming over and uh, some draft picks coming in. I don't know if Ireland's got a shot to be a, a pure face-off guy or whether you can actually check or not, but talk about what your roster looks like and some of these guys that have been around now for the better part of a year and a half but have yet to kind of pull on a rock jersey and play for you, you got to be like I don't know how many spots are up for grabs going into camp man like it looks like a roster that's pretty close to being set before we even kind of get going well um you know it is to uh to a certain point I think a lot of teams are uh are in a similar situation um you know let's say for uh your expansion teams but uh um, obviously from team to team, there's a, um, a different number of, uh, of spots or positions available, but we certainly have, uh, have, uh, jobs or, uh, um, roster spots up for grabs, both on our, uh, uh, active and practice roster. And, and that's what these, uh, kind of nine sessions are going to, uh, um, going to determine. And, and then even within that, you got some, uh, some players that, uh, maybe have been with the team in in past years and they're looking to solidify their role or, or maybe kind of grow their role and, and uh, um, be used in different situations and, and things like that. So, um, you know, that's uh, uh, what we're, uh, what we're working towards here, but there's uh, um, <clears throat> definitely uh, uh, some competition out there. And, and you mentioned our back end and, and um, you know, uh, Jamie and, and, uh, and Bruce and management making the trade, uh, which seems like, or not seems like, I guess it's two years ago now with uh, Jason and, and Mitch just knew. So, um, uh, obviously we, uh, we know what they bring to the table, but their first opportunity to get around, uh, um, in our rock, uh, rock dressing room there on Saturday. And it was, uh, uh good to have them, uh, around the guys and you can add Latrell Harris to that. Well, I was just going to say, too, Matt, right? like um, I was just going to say, it's been a while since we've seen the L train in the league as well. And watching him come off PLL and I saw Shawnee Holmes, uh, doing some Instagram stuff with him doing like deadlifts and squats and stuff. And I was like, Oh my God, like. He's gone from, you know, being a big boy to an absolute beast of a man now. Like he is just, he looks like a different person almost the way he has matured physically. Yeah. Latrell's, um, you know, he, he, he's a, he's a special one and, and, uh, just looking forward to, uh, uh, to this year for him just, uh, personally as well, you know, you feel for him in, in a situation like it, if we're being truthful, really his first year in the NLL was his first year where he's truly healthy. Um, you know, he was dealing with a shoulder issue for the last, uh, uh, for year two and year three, um, uh, something that he was able to manage and, and play through. But, uh, um, you know, he didn't, uh, um, uh, he wasn't a hundred percent, uh, healthy and, and, um, that uh, speaks to, uh, how good he was and, uh, you know, just how strong he was being able to do that as still, uh, being a young kid. So, um looking forward to uh, seeing what he can do here now like you mentioned just maturing into a man three or four years older and now uh um completely healthy so uh, uh add him to the mix because we uh we had him for one game i believe to start uh, um start of the season and then uh, just decided to shut him down after uh, our practice uh, before we headed out to san diego because uh, 
just wasn't able to uh, to do it. So we decided to uh, get the surgery done and have him uh, healthy for the following season, which just happens to be in, I guess, late 2021 <laughs> yeah, now. A long yeah. time in between. And, and not only changes uh, uh, to your roster as far as players go, Matt, but a change on the bench as well as the Prairie Dog, longtime O-coach in Blay Manning, no longer to your left. It'll be the Krug dog. Uh, do you go from one dog to another as, as Rusty Kruger will join you? And, and uh, I was saying to Jamie, like, you're, it's like Orangeville, 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 B. Miller, Bruce Codd, Rusty Kruger, Matt Sawyer, just, just one more Orangeville guy to the bench, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, um, you look at it like that, but, uh, you know, R- Rusty's going to be a great addition. Um, somebody that, uh, um, I'm very familiar with, and uh, he's still coaching right now in uh, in Orangeville with Bruce Scott in the summer, and um, you know got a long history there, and uh, won a championship with Rusty as uh, uh, being his coach in uh, in '05 back with the Toronto Rock, and and then had the opportunity to uh, um, work together uh, when we first got into a junior coach in the Northman, and had a little bit of success there. So uh, we're hoping to be able to duplicate that uh, uh, at the next level. Um, unfortunate, uh, you know, you know, Blaine Manning was a uh, was a great coach and a great person for uh, uh, for us with the Toronto Rock. It's something that uh, um, I knew uh, just with his responsibilities, with his uh, with his work and family, that uh, um, he wasn't going to be able to do this forever. And it just so happened that uh, uh, he wasn't able to pull it off this year. And and I don't think we could have replaced him with a uh, with a better one. And and Rusty, and then uh, um, you know welcoming B Miller back to the coaching staff. Uh, um, it's going to make uh, us better overall. And, and so, what do you uh, got? You all... guys got like a minivan to, to carpool to the hammer? Or like, what what's happening there? Yeah, I'll leave that. Uh, I'll, I'll leave that to them. I'm usually down in uh, down in Oakville, but I'm, I'm sure there'll be. Uh, um, I think it'll be more the uh, the wives and the kids are the ones traveling together, uh, uh, Jumbo. But uh, um, and we need to mention too, uh, Colin Doyle. Um, yes, as far as uh, uh, addition to the uh, yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, to the coaching staff and Colin is just uh, obviously his uh, playing resume speaks for him uh, for itself. Uh, um, he's uh, somebody that uh, um, has a lot of offensive knowledge and, and for a few years now, he's just kind of had the itch to, uh, he just wants to be around and wants to help out. He's going to be a resource for us as coaches and, and uh, as well for the, uh, the players and, uh, you know, maybe work with, uh, with some of the offensive guys individually one-on-one and uh, just a great uh, great mind to have uh, have around us and um that's gonna be good yeah he was pretty good pretty good at lacrosse that colin doyle uh hamilton nine saturday night dates uh in the hammer there at the what, what was it called? The, the first ontario center is that what it's called jamie i gotta get used to that sorry i'm, I'm on mute there yes first ontario center in hamilton so there you go. Saturday nights, nine of them, which is a big change from what you guys have been used to uh, at your old arena. I don't even want to mention that place, but uh, that that's got to be a big change and and a, and a good one. You'll get some consistency there and and a lot of routine, which which guys really like and and love going through the motions the same way every time they come to town. For sure, um, uh, it's going to help in in their preparation and, and like you said, and consistency and and also they're spread out. It's uh, um, which is what you're kind of always looking for. And, uh, you know, there's nothing better though than, uh, than playing a game on a Saturday night. Right. So, um, when, uh, when, when I saw that those were our home dates, uh, that'd be something that'd be great if we can do every single year, but, uh, don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but uh, nothing better than having, uh, 
uh, nine on Saturday and something where you can uh, um, um, plan and you know your routine. And we're spoiled in Toronto um, as far as uh, our, our schedule and our travel schedule throughout the uh, throughout the season. Um, and then just adding this to the mix for our, uh, for our home games uh, makes things even better. So really looking forward to it. Matt, I told uh, Jamie that he's, he's got to get in interactive in this interview. So I'm going to let him ask you a couple of questions here if he's got some. But I will also tell you this before I, I kind of open the door for him. With, with Jamie doing this and we're talking to every head coach or general manager of other teams, it's kind of a unique situation where this guy is not only an owner but a general manager of a team sitting there talking to other ones about their team. So... With all that being said, I know you guys are on the same team, but if you want to ask Jamie something, you have free reign to ask him anything you want on, on this podcast right now. So just put that. I in your, know where that's going. Put, that, <laughs> put that in your back pocket, and, and Jamie, I'll let uh, you take over with Matt here for a second. I'll, I'll let him handle the, uh, the questions. I just got two questions for Maddie today. Um, the first one is um, – Who's leading the Toronto Rock Fantasy Football League and uh, <laughs> what is their record? And the second one is, name one guy on our team that, like, give us a, give us the guy on our team that you're just someone that's going to do something this year, you know, whether it be make the team or take the next step on the team. Give me one guy that you're expecting to kind of turn a few more heads than might be expected, you know, elsewhere. Okay. Well, uh, first off, the uh, the first question there—it's a little bit of a loaded one, Jumbo, because um, mm-hmm. uh, Jamie and uh, and his squad is up at the uh, the top of the uh, the Rock Fantasy. Uh, oh, shocking! Um, yeah. yeah. Well, it is. You mentioned it's shocking because it is from a standpoint. Uh, I meant I meant bringing off. it up was shocking, but yes, yeah, uh, yeah, that so, is yeah, really but, shocking that he is. But also shocking for us within the league because we're not used to seeing uh, seeing his team up at the top like that. So he's quite enjoying the run. Um, he's sitting up there with a, a, a seven and one record and uh, uh it's great it just makes our uh, our fantasy league uh, um you know, more enjoyable for everybody well, just, when keep James, the boss in good mood, right? just keep them in a good mood that's half yeah, about ex- ex- exactly mm-hmm. so uh and then as far as uh um, you know, it's the second question there, and and you know me being uh, politically correct, you don't want to uh, uh, single anybody out, and and I'd like to think that we uh, um, are going to have uh, more than a handful of uh, guys that uh, would could uh, potentially take uh, take a step or open some eyes and, and things like that. But um, one, uh, you know, uh, uh, one person that um, you know I would just. Uh, uh, thoroughly enjoy being around and I can tell that he's put a lot into, uh, uh, into pre- uh, preparation for the season with the condition that he came in and, and the mindset and, uh, uh the opportunity he's going to get. And, um, you know, he's a favorite in that dressing room, but I, I'd uh, be shocked if you don't see Reed Reinholdt have a, uh, yeah. have a real big season for us. And, um, you know, that's something that, uh, uh, is exciting for me personally, just to even be talking about it because, uh, um, there was a time with uh, Reed's, uh, um, you know, work situation and, and things like that, that uh, um, we weren't sure how long, uh, how much longer he was going to be able to kind of continue with us. That's just the reality of the NLL and, and him being a, a West Coast guy. But, uh, um, you know, we got him back in the mix there for our, our, our shortened season and then uh, uh, after his knee injury and um, well, listen, team. he's uh, he's been playing a little bit in the, the XLL out here. I've been keeping a close eye on uh, the new new pres there. Is he the president or the vice president? Uh, I think he's the, the VP there. Okay, um, yeah, the VP. But, yeah, 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 no, I, I know he went in the uh, 
the the extreme league there, the XLL, That's as right. you call it. I've been uh, um, keeping a uh, uh, keeping an eye on, uh, I guess, your uh, social media feed there whenever you have a new signing. So I, I knew Reed was playing. But, there you uh, go. Well, um, tell me uh, while we're on Western guys here. you got a couple other on the roster. And our, our Western bias podcast heavily uh, skewed with, with Western listeners. Here's Maddie. Sure. Uh, Zachy Manns and, and Adam J, two guys from the West Coast. Uh, those guys need to take a step forward for you this year as well. Well, um, you know, for sure. And, uh, you know, uh, Adam already has, Adam is just, uh, um, for me, uh, a great story. He's somebody who, uh, uh, who came to us and spent a full year on our practice roster with, uh, nothing but, uh, um, you know, practicing and trying to get better, uh, real raw at that time. And, uh, um, just, if you get around him, he's just a, a great personality and we've had an opportunity to see him kind of grow, um, and mature, uh, dedicate himself, uh, um, you know, the situation that Jamie has put him in and, and all those guys uh, living in Oakville and having uh, access to uh, to the track. And, and you know, Adam has just uh, kind of uh, um, committed himself uh, to uh, to being in the gym and to being a professional. And, and he's had uh, good leadership there with uh, that, Jalen and, sorry, and Dan Dawson. Matty, is that something that yeah. plagued Adam Jay a little bit early on in his career, maybe not being dedicated to the gym as much as he should have been? Um, it's hard for me to say yes to that because really, you know, I didn't know Adam other than, uh, than watching him play. And, uh, I can just, I, what I can say is that, uh, that's uh, the case with a lot of kids who are 21 or 22, just coming out of junior, um, you know, uh, uh, more and more are already on a program or on that path. But, uh, Adam was, uh, just somebody playing lacrosse and, um, you know, I, I don't know, maybe he wasn't in that environment and didn't have those opportunities, but, uh, sometimes it takes a little bit to learn, but, uh, you know, as I was saying, uh, when you're going there and you're watching Dan Dawson or a challenge Rogers, you mentioned Latrell and you know Latrell's still just a kid. I call him a kid, but a young man. Um, it's tough not to fall in line when those guys are dedicated and they're in there every morning and yeah. doing their thing. And, yeah. and you mentioned Zach Mans and that is the, uh, um, next step for Zach. And it's something that we have, uh, uh, we have seen since he returned here in September an uptick in that. And, uh, um, they're both, uh, uh, on the right path and they'll be given a good opportunity here, but, uh, um, within the team, you know, uh, Zach and Adam are, are going to be given, a, um, a great upper opportunity. They've already been good players for us and were contributors last, uh, our last season, but, uh, the expectations is that they get even better and, um, earn more of a role. Speaking with the head coach of the Toronto Rock, Matt Sawyer, and maybe I'll ask you a, a personal question about yourself here, Matt. You know, you, you've been coaching a long time and, and, of course, learned under the great Terry Sanderson. What do you think you need to work on as a coach, and what do you think you've gotten better at over the years? Well, I think that there's always uh, things that you need to work on, and, um, you know, you uh, um, anybody who uh, uh, the minute you stop learning or stop trying to get better, you're kind of falling behind. Right. So, um, you know, I'm sure there's all kinds of things that uh, um, that you need to work on. And I personally need to work on from year to year. But the focus is just always trying to be open minded. Um, I am certainly not uh, a coach that operates uh, um, like I uh, know everything. 
Um, you know, I think I'm smart enough to realize what I do and don't know. And, and, uh, you know, I think one of my strengths is, uh, uh, surrounding myself with, uh, with some good people, um, both, uh, you know, uh, people that are, are good people off the floor, but, uh, um, you know, high lacrosse, uh, IQ and knowledge, but, um, there's a lot of people and a lot of coaches and I'm not speaking of lacrosse, but just, uh, throughout, uh, professional sports to have those situations, but the key is to, you know, is to let them do their job and uh, don't be somebody that is uh, micromanaging everything. And, you know, why have a offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator with uh, if uh, when crunch time comes, uh, head coaches stepping in there and drawing up the play or dictating what we might want to do in a defensive situation. So, um, you know, I do think uh, one of my strengths is uh, realizing what I, uh, uh, what we have around us as a coaching staff and letting those guys do their job and, um, you know, we just uh, continually uh, uh, our focus is to get better from week to week and game to game, and I like what we got. Jamie, anything final for Mr. Sawyer? No, I got nothing for him. You got something for me, Maddie? Everyone gets to ask me a question. No, I don't know. I just uh, um, what's that? Well, we we were talking fantasy, right? What uh, what's Put your fa- spot? Asking fantasy? for like a raise right now. So you want a little contract extension? No, uh, yeah, I, I I can't hit him up for that. He's been good to me, so I, I'm going to let that one go. But I'm just curious about the upcoming fantasy uh, schedule and if you got any big games up on uh, uh, upcoming here on your radar. Well, fair fair enough. I do. I got a bit of a bye week next week playing Challen. He's struggling, but. <laughs> I do have the uh, three-time defending champ uh, Cowboy up. Maddie Sawyer's team coming up in two weeks. Three-time like defending it's gonna... champion. Oh, this yeah, is I got. I gotta say that. Now, having said that, Jumbo, <laughs> you know the four guys in this division, um, you know, can't add or count. But uh, you know, it is what it is. He gets a bye to the final every year, and he's got lucky in the final every year. But we're we're looking to change that this year. I'll, I'll go the hard route, and, and we call we're the premier division. They're the cupcake division, okay. and and I'll take the tough route to the final and, and the victory. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that's, that's three in a row as well, Jumbo. Yeah, um, three. Oh, so yeah. okay. So that's the second three-peat in professional lacrosse. Then Nighthawks and Matt Sawyer in fantasy yeah. football. Rock. Toughest wow. thing to do. Toughest thing to do is repeat in fantasy. Everyone knows that. <laughs> All right, let's end it on that, fellas. Uh, Matt, always good to catch up. Best of luck with your rock uh, out there in Hamilton this year, and we'll be keeping close tabs. Uh, well, I know Jamie will for sure, but so will I. And uh, all the best uh, with you in, in Toronto coming up. Thanks, Jumbo. You too. There you go. Matt Sawyer, head coach, Toronto Rock. And uh, Jamie, like it, you knew when, when it was time to make a coaching change who you had on your radar and wanted to go out and get when you made that change. And Matt Sawyer's name, obviously, on the top of your list. And you got your guy. Yeah, and, and I think Matt hit it, like, bang on for me. Like, I, I love – I think one of the best things, qualities he brings to the table as a coach is, you know, letting his other coaches around him and, you know, me as the general manager, um, you know, there's the fine line of, you know, I'm the general manager, he's the coach, you know, I'm, I'm responsible for bringing him, you know, the players and the talent pool. And then ultimately he's responsible for, you know, who's picked and, and things like this, but, he, he he's just so good at that and it, it's not we're a team and and that's and you know that's my the way I look at it 
and I need my head coach to look at it from that standpoint too. And and Maddie does a really good job of that. Well, I think and that relation that relationship is is a, probably a little bit different between every general manager and coach. I would think, hey, Jamie, like how much input they have on the lineup that night or personnel that is on the team or what have you. Like, I think that's probably, there's no kind of set template on how that relationship works from one team to another. No, I'm sure it's, it's very different on, on every team. And, you know, ultimately, you know, every, every job and every organization has a role and, you know, um, do I talk as a GM of Toronto? Do I talk about Maddie to Maddie about the lineup? Yes. Do I talk to Bruce about it? Yes. Will I talk to Rusty about it? Yes. Um, ultimately, it's it's Matt's decision. You know whether he he makes Rusty. Uh, you know, and to him, it might be Rusty and Bruce's ultimate decision. Um, that that, like I said, that's how he operates. That's how I I don't overstep my bounds on that. I don't, I'm not. You know, I'm not the head coach. If I was the one to be making those decisions, I'd have that title. Well, what's another title, Jamie? I mean, you got president, (laughs) owner, GM. No, no, no. no. That's that's not (laughs) that's not even in my world. Like, uh, you know what I mean, though. Like, hey, he's the head coach, and you know, ultimately, roster. You know, once I give him the players, the roster's his. The lineup decisions are his, and if he if he if he decides to let Bruce and Rusty have final say on the O and D, that that's his decision to make. But we we work very well as a unit, and really at the end of the day, we all have the exact same goal, and we're trying to work together to accomplish it. And, and you know, I've always looked, you know, I've been taught from a young age, you know, surround yourself with the best people and let them do their job, you know do what you're good at and, and let the other people do what they're good at. And, and that's how you'll be successful as an organization. And that's how we operate. Stands to reason makes sense to me, Jamie, that was good talk there with Maddie Sawyer. we got another one on the other side, halftime first though. And then we're heading to Vancouver general manager. I don't know why I struggled saying general right there. GM of the Vancouver warriors, Dan Richardson. Quarter three, lax class, back after this. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Andy Towers, head coach of the PLL Chaos Across Club. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network as we move into second half action. Not before I tell you about our friends at Associated Labels and Packaging at AssociatedLP.com. Labels, packages, that's what the LP stands for. Down there in Coquitlam, over 40 years of experience. I actually swung by there last week. Picked up the new labels there for, for Danny's earring business. They are beautiful. Stuck one on my, my water bottle. I'm just going to start sticking them around town, I think. We got like 500 of them. Um, if you need a label or you need a package, Associated Labels and Packaging is your place to go. Focusing on ethics, quality, and of course, family-owned 
down there in Coquitlam. Uh, this man, I think, is in Port Coquitlam. Actually, no, I think he's downtown Vancouver at Rogers Arena. As we welcome the general manager of the Vancouver Warriors back on the podcast, Dan Richardson. Dan, welcome back to Lax Class uh, down at Rogers Arena, correct? Correct. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on. Uh, well, I imagine a, a pretty busy day for you after a really busy weekend for you. Uh, I was out there for a couple of sessions, but uh, the boys were getting after it, and, and now you got to go back to the office and stare at that big whiteboard you got and start moving names around a little bit after after watching, I guess. No, yeah, that was the first thing we did this morning was update the whiteboard, and, uh, and I was just working on the rest of the teams uh, off the rosters to see where everybody uh is sitting so yeah no that's uh that was my morning now well, well i did see a couple of moves made if i'm not mistaken um a couple of guys let go and did i see mateo tack to the holdout list uh yeah mateo uh he uh decided after day one that uh we weren't the right fit for him and uh he needs to think about what he wants to do and um uh, so right now he's he's been moved to the holdout list. Well, that just kind of seems like he just saw the writing on the wall that that the goaltending competition was stacked up against him, and he didn't probably like his chances a whole lot. If I'm getting the gist of that, and maybe we start there, Dan. Uh, I was pretty impressed with what I saw between the pipes from Eric Penny, Steve Fryer, and Alexis Bouquet over the weekend. That is really going to be like I think you got your three goalies there, no question about it. But where they all kind of slot in in those three slots is still up for debate. Well, obviously, that was one of the areas our goals against needed to be uh, needed to improve, and we wanted to bring in competition at all positions. Uh, and starting with the goaltenders, we we had signed Steve Fryer, um, you know, prior to COVID there, and then um, Bouquet came available. And uh, of course, I I've, I know I've known Alexis for quite a while, and so a chance to bring in uh, three veteran goaltenders to. Uh, you know, battle for the two uh, starting jobs or the two uh, uh, roster jobs. I think um, you know they they uh, they've come with their game faces on, and they they all all three of them look good on the weekend. And you started off with kind of first and second year guys uh, on the Friday night, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it was Saturday morning. Saturday morning, yeah, yeah. Saturday morning. But there were a few other guys kind of sprinkled in there to balance things out. Obviously, to me, rebowing and, and Adam Charlembeatis jump off the page at you like they they stood out head and shoulders above the rest really but maybe a, a couple of guys that caught your eye coming out of that first session from the the sophomores and freshmen that that you like their chances moving forward i mean you know christian Mazzone, uh he was in that morning session and he's a, a guy that's played in the pll he's uh, from uh, everett and never played box before so for for his you know, first workout and then the scrimmage on Sunday. I thought he he, he looked uh, didn't look out of place. That's for sure. Didn't look out of place, right? Um, you know, Kalinich. Uh, you know, we made a deal for uh, Anthony, and uh, we liked uh, what we saw of him uh, early on in in the on the on the morning session, and he did well in the uh, in the scrimmage as well. And the, as far as the uh, the young guys, uh, Jonah Beam, an Ontario kid who's moved out here. Um, Battled hammer pretty good all weekend long in the faceoff dot right. That's kind of that's his yeah, specialty. Yeah, and he's the guy. The coaches like his size, so uh, he played well defensively. So yeah, those would be the main ones that uh, caught our eyes. 
and then you you move into the veterans uh, later that evening, and and you kind of get your first look at, at Garrett McIntosh wearing Warriors gear, Brett Medsky as well, who you know you acquired a long time ago and haven't seen running with the Warriors yet. Um, you know, Dinsdale and and Cods kind of took the weekend off, nursing a couple of things, but nice to see yeah. the vets back out there running together, and I. Like, I'm looking at a guy like Brandon Goodwin who looks like he's in the best shape of his life. Logan Schuss looks like he's in the best shape he's ever been in. And everybody kind of realizing, like, I didn't see any, like, I was kind of looking around like, oh, who put on the COVID-10 or the COVID-15? I didn't see it out there. Everybody looked really prepared. Yeah, well, part of the physicals was a weigh-in. And, of course, I had the weigh-in sheets from when they last uh, for the, the returning uh, players and to a man, uh, I'll give them credit. Uh, they were we they were talked to in the off season by myself and, and the coaching staff to make sure that you come in into camp in shape. And uh, every one of them was down from their weight where they finished. Um, you know when COVID hit, and and some of them were down substantially, which was nice to see. So um, yeah, it, it it looked really good. Logan Schuss, uh, it really put some work in in the off season. Yeah, and and had a few goals and and. In, in that scrimmage, as did Adam Charlambides, and and maybe we just jump back to him for a second, Dan, because this guy, I know he's he's a rookie, but he's a 24 year old coming in. I know there hasn't been a whole lot of box played for Charlambides in in a long time, but this kid has got a man's body, and like he is pro ready right out of the gate here, and just watching him compete in drills and stuff, like he was going about as hard as you could go. And by the end of the weekend, after I don't know how many sessions it was, there was still gas in the tank for this kid. And, and he lit it up in, in that scrimmage as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're very pleased, obviously, with both him and Reed. And I can tell you that both Reed and Adam were begging the coaches to have them uh, in the evening session with the veterans. But we, we, you know, we've got a plan on how we're going to bring these guys in. And we said, no, you need to sit and look. You know, we don't want to burn you out early. And the, the all of them were there watching the veterans uh, in their session uh, Saturday afternoon. And then they got their chance to be with them uh, on uh, Sunday morning. And, uh, you know, Stratobides kept telling me that, you know, it's going to take them a while to uh, get used to the smaller nets and, and, and the box game. And, I mean, when, when he said it'd take a while to break in, I didn't realize he was only meaning the first quarter because after that he lit it up. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, uh, he's got some, some unique tendencies to them. Like he, he does some things that you just don't see other guys do the way he shoots the ball and, and, and moves around out there. He's a very unique player as well. Of course, uh, you got your superstar Mitch Jones coming back and, and he, he looked, uh, really good out there as well. But on the flip side of things, Dan, you lose a lot. Um, in the offseason, uh, of course, Matt Beer is off to Saskatchewan, but then you look at O'Doherty and, and Hawksby and McCready. Some change obviously been needed here in Vancouver and, and in particular to get younger. But with that being said, that's a, that's a bit of a tough pill with that much leadership and experience going out the door. Well, yeah, anytime you lose guys of that ilk that have been around the league and have the ability that those uh, men had, um, yeah, yeah, you get a little bit worried, but then, you know, uh, you know, we hadn't seen Mitski, um, and, and Macintosh, you know, and you, you throw in, uh, Dinsdale and, uh, I'll tell you another guy that really impressed me in the scrimmage was Kyle Killen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That kid got a shot from both outside and inside and 
he reminded us of his rookie season. He was uh, flinging the ball very well. Chris Gillis coach in Colorado when it was Killen's rookie season, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I know the guys on the right side uh, afterwards and speaking to them in the lobby and that they were, couldn't say enough good things about him. So, yes, we lost uh, some good, uh, solid veterans, but we, we've gained some, uh, and, and on the most part, younger guys. And that that is almost by design. Like, we needed to get a little bit younger. But, I mean, if you were there, Jake, the, our, uh, our defense has gotten a lot bigger. Yeah, <laughs> there's no question about that. And, and I'd say probably... Well, I'll little... jump in. Yeah, Sorry, I was going to jump Jamie, in there. Yeah. And just say, you know what, Dan, though, and I said this when we talked out of our, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, conference preview, because I went through this one time where I had a bunch of guys retire around the same time. Like, it was like Shoot, Doyle, and, and Woodsy, and, and there was about five or five of them all in the same time, and it forced us to go young and give other people, younger guys opportunities. And, you know, sometimes being forced into that situation isn't a bad thing because it does give you a chance to kind of get young. And, and it, and it, you know, it gives these kids an opportunity to show where if these veterans stick around, you know, we find ourselves being too loyal to them and let them, letting them stick around maybe longer than they should. So, I, I think you got to be pretty excited about that, even though you're forced into it. Yeah, I mean, uh, you look at a guy like uh, Derek Lloyd. Uh, he he is he's coming to camp probably in the best shape I've ever seen him, and he's we, we believe he's going to make that next step this year. And you know, one of the things that's uh, happened since the scrimmage, uh, Jake, is uh, both uh, Keegan Bell and Looney, uh, Lyndon Bunio are going to move back to the out of the back gate. Uh, I think, you know, they saw the handwriting on the wall with what's up front there. So now you're adding a, you know, a big body in Bell and a, and a little scrapper in Bunio coming out of that back gate. The coaches are going to have a tough decision moving forward here, picking the uh, 11 or 12 D guys, D transition guys. And, and that's a good problem to have. Yeah. And I just like, I look at that right side with Dinsdale, Killen, McBride, Ball, there, there probably just wasn't room for Keegan Bell over there if he wanted to see any significant playing time. And are, are these guys, they have to be, but are they open to that move uh, coming back into a transition role? I mean, it's probably well, not too difficult, Dan, just to point at a guy like Mitch Jones right on your roster or a guy like Dane Smith that went through this in, in their early years in the National Lacrosse League. Well, you know, we, we talked in the coach's room and before we could finish talking about it, you know, these two two young players had already uh, stepped up and said, hey, we want to go to the back gate. You know, you took the words out of my mouth. A, a guy like, uh, they don't have to look farther than a guy like Mitch Jones, who played the first couple of years in Buffalo out of the back gate, and it really hasn't hurt his career. Now he's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it probably helped, Dan, to be honest, yeah. right? Like and So, you know, the selling point is right there. They just have to look at uh, number 16 and say, well, if he could do it, then there's no reason why I can't. Like, you know, and I think that's the way Keegan and, and uh, Lyndon have looked at it. Uh, the other thing you got your kind of your first look at is is your new coaching staff kind of put together there. I know Caleb was there for, I think, just one practice before the pandemic hit, but uh, Curtis Hodgson, who obviously you're very familiar with, but into a coaching role now and, and active on the bench and on the floor here, but. Uh, Gilly and, and Niner and, and Haji all together out there. What'd you think of the coaching staff and the job they did this weekend? 
Uh, I think they, they're going to mix mix in well together. Uh, you know, Caleb uh, is a no-nonsense guy, and, you know, they can't argue with uh, the pedigree that he has. And uh, he's uh, um, probably a little more vocal than what we've had up there, and that's a good thing. And uh, Haji has been around the block, and uh, he's well-respected within the organization by, by the players and the fellow coaches. So, uh, he's got a system that uh, that's what we're going to be concentrating on next week is uh, and it's a you know uh, a little bit different than what we've been doing in the past but um, I know that the, in speaking with the veterans uh, they're very excited yeah I mean uh, a little bit of good cop bad cop there I would think uh, Caleb and, and Hodge kind of balancing out <laughs> yeah. and then and then you got uh, the sergeant in the middle there with Gil who can run a little hot but he can he can be a fun guy too so I think that's a really good mix you got there on the bench now. Rogers Arena, we've seen some Canucks games going down over the last couple of weeks. Full building there at the Raj. You're going to be, have to be double vaccinated. And and I know the entire organization is and, and has been as well. But what can fans uh, expect here coming up at Rogers Arena for the upcoming season, Dan? I don't know if you've gotten that far down the road yet quite or not, but... Uh, $5 beer is going to be bad. Can you tell me that? I know, I know a lot of fans are interested in that. Yeah, the, the lacrosse pricing of beer is going to be back. Um, they're still going to have, uh, you know, a, um, party zone sort of deal party zone. I don't, I, I don't think it's going to be Budweiser. It's going to be somebody else, but it's definitely back. They've, uh, they've standardized the pricing as far as the seats. Uh, I think there was too many levels of pricing and they've uh, really condensed that. And they've got an incentive plan that moves everybody into the club seat. So we're having a lot of success with that. And uh, they haven't uh, finalized the, the theme nights. They're working on that. And they'll, they'll get that announced very shortly. But, yeah, they're, they're, full, they're full on right now, which is good. And, and of course, with our camp opening, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're trying to make sure that the product on the floor is improved from uh, – previous years well that's the biggest thing right you get wins under your belt uh, you're going to get more fans in the building and, and that's how the ball gets rolling as we speak with the gm of the vancouver warriors dan richardson and jamie i'll let you jump back in here but dan i will let you know i, I know you listen each week but you do get yourself any question you want to ask about jamie or the toronto rock or whatever you get a because he's sitting here listening to all this you get a free question to jamie dowick if you got one in mind Nice, nice. Okay, well, I got I got a tough question for you, Dan. I think, but I'm I think it's a good question, and I'm curious to hear your answer on this. You know, you've been uh, you've been the GM of this team for four, probably four years now, calendar wise. Calendar, yeah, calendar. And you and you walked into a situation where you, you your team was. Not in the greatest shape, and you were depleted with, you know, draft picks. Where do you feel you guys are now? I mean, you've had a couple draft picks. I know you haven't seen them play. How, how where do you, how do you feel about this group moving forward? You still got a couple more, you know, pieces that needed to be added to be to where you want to be, or, or do you feel good about this group and that they just have to continue to grow? And, and you think you got the pieces in place? go back a few years when we inherited the club you're right it wasn't in good condition we were two and 16 we we didn't have a, a pick until the fifth round for the for the next two years um, so pretty hard to, i don't mean to laugh at that but that just sounds crazy when you say it out loud not a pick until the fifth round for two and and so pretty hard to rebuild um with youth uh when you're 
you know, Jamie, you know what it's like picking in the fifth and sixth round. And so, um, you know, it is what it is. We, we, we just rolled our sleeves up and, and made a, a conscious decision. We weren't going to trade uh, first and second rounders, if, if at all, if we, unless we had, you know, extra ones. And that first, I think it was the first draft of the second draft in Philadelphia, couple teams were coming over asking for our first, our future first. And we kept saying no. And they were looking at us like we what had a. What do you mean? We, we get them all the time from Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were looking at us as if we had a third eyeball on our forehead. And it's like, no, we just, you know, kept saying no. And, you know, so those, those years, uh, we only had two and three picks. We waited for hours to make our picks. And now I look on my board that I have uh, next year as it stands right now. We have nine picks, and that's the most of, of any teams. And uh, we got one in the first, two in the second, and we're going to get something for, uh, you know, the loss of our captain. So whether we get a first or a second. So things are looking brighter as far as the amount of picks. Um, we've made changes. We've, we've tried to be aggressive in the UFA and the RFA market and street-free agents. So we're in a lot better shape than we were when we inherited this club. Have we finished? No, we haven't finished at all. We we basically just started now that we've got our feet on the ground with the draft picks that we've acquired and the assets that we have uh, at camp. But, you know, only one weekend, and I know it's early and everybody's tied for first place, but um, we're, we're very happy with uh, what we saw this weekend. Yeah, and came out of it fairly unscathed as well, which is always uh, a nice bonus in training camp. Usually every team gets dinged up a little bit, but... Um... You know, with that being said, Dan, like people need to be patient, right? They need to kind of see what the, the long-term plan is here. But as we know, sometimes, and especially here in our market in Vancouver, people aren't very patient when it comes to wanting to see a winner. How do you balance that fine line? Like, what is the, the goal here for the Warriors heading into this season? Is it make the playoffs and then take your chances? Or do you have a specific record in mind or a home record? Or what what kind of goals are you setting for your team this season? Yeah. We had an opening meeting on uh, on Saturday morning uh, after the physicals were done, um, and basically I told the group that you know the uh, support staff and management uh, you know have really done a, a good job of getting us ready. We've we've traded, we've drafted, we've signed UFAs, and and now we turn it over to the coaches and the players. And our expectations from ownership and senior management is we this team is is geared to make the playoffs. And now it's up to the the players uh, and the coaches to uh, you know you know mold into a team and and uh, start pulling on the oars in the right direction and uh, we think we can get there and then as any as you know in any sports you get into the playoffs uh, anything can happen and so really our goal is is to move this team towards the playoffs get a, get these guys especially our young players a taste of what NLL playoffs is all about and go from there. Sounds good to me, man. I'd, I'll, I'll let you get a question in here to Jamie Dock. I know you guys actually play each other this year. Toronto coming to Vancouver. So you could ask Jamie, like, what hotel they're staying at so you can give them, like, 4 a.m. wake-up calls or, or something like that if you want. But uh, I'll let you all open the floor here. What do you want to know about Jamie Dowick or the Toronto Rock, Dan? Uh, first of all, Jamie's been a great help to me. I have phoned him on numerous times, and he's always quick to take a call and, and – uh, He's been helpful for for a guy that uh, is fairly new to the league uh, in uh, answering questions, and I, I really appreciate that. 
I don't really have any specific questions other than I wish we had made that trade and we won't mention who, but uh, oh, okay. Jamie and I were working on something and it just for obvious reasons didn't come through, but uh, we'll, we'll see if we can get a trade down the road somewhere. Sounds good. Yeah, well, I'd echo it too. I mean, uh, I didn't know Dan at all before uh, he took the job and, and uh, you know, we don't talk too often, but you know, I've always had love for, for the Vancouver team, being my West Coast Canadian kind of whatever, and it's been good to get to know him, and it's been a great relationship. And, you know, when we do talk, it's it's great and always very professional. And, and yeah, we've come close on a few things. I know what you're talking about. And, you know, hey, you never know what happens down the road. But I'm, I'm always pulling for Vancouver, and, you know, we play them this year. I love going out there to play, and even more so now that we play at the Rogers Arena. And, and uh, Vancouver's an awesome city and, and a great place for us to come visit. So I uh, think you're doing a good job there. I think that team's definitely headed in the right direction. You know, a big fan of, you know, you got a superstar there, Mitch Jones, and, and I don't, you know, I'm not going to start naming other people. I will point him out because I think he's special. Um, you know, I'm pulling for you, Dan. Good luck out there in the West. Eh? Thanks very much, Jamie. It means a lot. Well, there you go. General Manager of the Vancouver Warriors, Dan Richardson. Uh, Dan, uh, it will just be a matter of days before we see each other again, I'm sure. So we'll look uh, we'll look forward to that in the upcoming weekend as training camp continues here for, for your Warriors. Thanks for doing this. Look forward to it, and thanks for having me on again, and uh, keep up the great work. Appreciate it, uh, Dan Richardson, GM of the Vancouver Warriors. And and you're right, Jamie. It, I think Dan has done a fine job since he's taken over, and it's never an easy thing, like you mentioned, to know kind of when it's time to move on from a player. I think guys get stuck in that loyalty a little bit too long, and, and maybe other guys aren't quite as patient as they should be. And I think that's really part of being a good GM is – being able to predict how a player is going to progress and, and perform through his prime and then knowing when it's time to kind of cut bait and maximize that value when you can. You got to know when to hold them and you got to know when to fold them, baby. <laughs> Listen, uh, it, 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 things get dictated, right? And one thing I'll say I think Dan's done a really good job at is when they took that team over, it was kind of bare bones. and. He's, he's done it he, the right they, way, they, right? They, they, they've held their they, – they, 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 the Leafs should take a lesson from to these guys plan. because they've stuck to their plan and they haven't changed and they could have traded a pick. I know people have been going after – like I, I heard lots of rumors about people going after that fourth pick this year. Mm-hmm. And they've stuck with the plan. And, you know, I, I don't know Reed. I know Charlotte Beattie's a lot better. But, you know, from the sounds of it, they finally added two really good young superstars. and. You know, he's just stuck to his plan, and, and that's what you got to do. And I think, you know, I think when he says playoffs or expectation and a goal, I, you know, they should be. And uh, I don't think they are done. I, I you know, I think, in, you know, it's going to take them a couple more years to probably be where they want to be. Yeah. Uh, but they're doing it the right way. And, and uh, you know, there's growing pains with that. But, but changing that course midway is the, I think the big mistake a lot of people make. Right. And I, and I also think like it takes courage to do that, right. To stick to your plan and stay patient. And listen, after what the fans have gone through with professional across here in Vancouver, since returning, I think they're just fine with 
some patience and a little bit more, a couple more years of heartache, which they've gone through now to get to this point. Like the quick fix thing was fine and try and engage a fan base right off the bat. But when you do it and you mortgage the farm and then don't win, that is just a recipe for disaster. And, and that's what happened. And, and I, I applaud him for, for sticking to his plan here and, and yeah, going through the growing pains and having to make some tough decisions on some guys and moving on and what have you, but it's all going to pay off in the long run. And, and I think fans of Vancouver lacrosse are more than happy to see that if, if that is the end result, a little bit of patience and, and some heartache for long-term success. And, and I think that's what Dan Richardson and Vancouver has set themselves up for here in the next couple of years. Agreed. You're on mute. Sorry, I got stuck on mute there. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm with you there. I'm right. with you there. It'll be interesting to watch them this year. So next week, uh, if we go back to the start of the alphabet here, I'm thinking Colorado and Calgary off the top of my head, if if I think those are the two next teams, right? Well, what does that mean? Patty Coyle and Kurt Miloski? That could be super interesting. That's a lot of Coquitlam on one program right there. I don't mind it uh, one bit. Here we go. I don't mind it one bit. A uh, couple of former number twos as well. Uh, well, there'll be three number twos. We're all, we all wore the number. Uh, so, yeah, I'll look forward to that. Pat Coyle, Kurt Malowski. Lots to talk about with those two guys uh, for season previews next week here on Lax Class. One more quarter to go. Here on this episode, quick sticks are coming up in quarter number four. Keep it right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Hey, this is Ian McKay from the Buffalo Bandits. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. No more breaks here on Lax Class as we move into the fourth and final frame. Uh, here is the part where I tell you to subscribe to the podcast. Don't forget to do that. Follow along on social media as well. I don't know if anyone's really noticed or not, Jamie. I haven't really been on social media in the better part of a week. Uh, just kind of needed a, a little bit of a reset and a, a mental break from... I just kind of felt like, man, I... I get way too caught up on that shit sometimes. I spend way too much time staring at my phone and, and worrying about just the most ridiculous things and, and looking like I just, I don't know. So forgive me. Like nobody has like reached out and been like, Hey, I haven't seen you post on social, which kind of proves my point. Like you don't tweet off. And when you do, it's usually something pretty impactful, which I can appreciate, but there's parts of me that just say, like, would you, would anybody even care if I never retweeted something again? Like, would anybody even notice if I didn't say something about it? I don't know. So, anyways, I haven't been on social media for, for the better part of a week, and, and I might take another week for all I know. I just kind of need a break from it all. And uh, so I wanted to let people know that. So... Now I kind of lost my train of thought. As I as I say that, don't, don't beat yourself up over that. I mean, like, yeah, we we're very different on social media. Yeah, um, I, I don't interact with people on it. Um, you know, believe me, there's times I'd like to reply to some tweets. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, but I just it's not something you know for me. Social media information source that's what I use it for. I, you know, Twitter's my kind of main go-to for, for what I want, um, which is really breaking information on, on all the things I follow. 
Well, that's it. Uh, Like, I still need it for this podcast, right? Like, I still have to look at it. I just haven't spent as tried to. Mine's more, mine's more, uh, really like teams and things than individuals. Like, you know, I don't just follow people, you know, like you see stuff. And if people mention you, you obviously see what they say sometimes if you look at that. But, you know, that's social media, man. It's, uh, it's been a great thing in life, but it's also, you know, it's also, there's a lot of problems. It can be an absolute too, so. cesspool. And, and like, listen, the, the reason yes, I've taken yes, this. Yes, it can. Because people can just hide, you know, it, it always makes me laugh when someone cowards. comes at you. And, yeah. well, they just, you know, they got one follower and they're, and they're, you know, it's like, who, who are you, who are you talking? Who are you writing this to? Like, you don't know me and this and that and, you know, I think it is, uh, you know, I think it is pretty cowardly to hide behind a, a little you screen as pearl insults at anyone for anything. Yeah. And that's not you know, the reason. It, it's honestly, that's not the reason I, I've taken the week. No, no, I, I get it. It's sometimes, it, I, and you're very involved in the social stuff and, and I've been there. It's just, it's too much. And, yeah. you know, too many people have too many opinions and maybe all pops up in your face and then and you do get carried away with it spending too much fun time being dominated by your phone and just keep refreshing and checking. And, yeah. you know, there needs, there needs to be a healthy mix. I think. There you go. Uh, so with all, with all that, with all that, not to get sidetracked. No, no, you, I just you, now you left me on mute. No, no, <laughs> now, now I'm about to tell people to follow the show. <laughs> Media. So I feel like I'm, well, listen, I'm yeah, contradicting myself. The show. Yeah. So lax class, uh, I'll still post the show on, on lacrosse classified. I just, anyways, I just wanted people to know, not that anybody was asking at lax class on Twitter at lacrosse classified on Instagram. There's a Facebook page. We have an email as well. Lacrosse classified at gmail.com. Jamie Dowick is at J Dowick and I am at PXP for sports. Subscribe to the podcast, put down a review. If you feel so inclined as well, we would appreciate it. And, um, I think that's it for that. It's time to get into some quick sticks here, Jamie, but not before I tell you one more time about Stampede Tack and Western wear, because I forgot to do that at the end of Dan Richardson or no, did I do it already? I can't even remember now. I think I, I, I need to do it one more time. Regardless. We've talked, we've talked about them. I know only once, the, uh... but I got to do it twice. I got to do it. Yeah, two. let's it's... go. Let's do All it. All right. So many of uh, you people have experienced some of the difficulties these days, trying to find things you need when you want them. And a lot of like companies have just completely shut down and where I heard this, Jamie, you can confirm this. Um, getting shoes, I heard, is a big issue right now in the National Lacrosse League because factories, wherever they may be, Vietnam or wherever, have just shut down. So if you didn't get your shoe order in in time, you could be scrambling here. Have you have you felt any of that? Actually, I am feeling that. That is a good, great comment because, um, yeah, I actually just got a text while we were in the show from Terry telling me we might be actually just now to place our order and uh you know get our sizes in and whatever so yeah but we're without shoes as we speak and okay i, I did think i heard that that might have been the reason why everything was being delayed 
COVID, things like that. So throw, uh, throw shipping. An, throw an extra size 13 down on your order, if you don't mind for me. Uh, so what was easy to get just a short while ago is now turning into quite a challenge. Stampede Tack and Western Wear has been working hard to try and keep these things you need and you want available to you. We encourage all our customers to consider this shopping early for Christmas gifts that might end up under the tree. Start now, people. We're into November. You don't need to put up the decorations before Remembrance Day or Veterans Day here, but you can surely start your Christmas shopping. If Stampede doesn't have the item you're looking for, they will 100% try their best to offer alternatives, or they can even reserve items for when you want them back in stock. Cloverdale, Highway 10, 180th, 1966, stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Lots of good stuff there at Stampede Tack and Western Wear to put under the tree. Quick sticks here in quarter four, Jamie. And, uh, man, I feel like we got a lot of quick sticks to get through. So let's rock and roll. Saw this uh, terrible news for the National Lacrosse League in the San Diego Seals. Austin Stotts out with a knee injury for the foreseeable future. I I don't know if he's going to play this year. It doesn't look like it. Those Stotts boys and their knees, man, uh, it sucks because both of those guys are – like superstars in our league, and we're not going to get to watch either Stott's brother, now Audie down with a knee injury, and of course Randy out as well. So that sucks. Uh, I want to give a shout-out. I've been meaning to do this for a while to my man, Sakani Baker. All the little beats and stuff you hear between commercials and guests and breaks and stuff. Sakani Baker, who is a lacrosse player out there on North Shore, he was actually supposed to play in Burlington last year, I think, uh, before all the COVID stuff happened. Anyway, Sakani, maker of beats. Uh, the kid's got a future. Like, I think this kid's going to be a star in the rap game one day. So keep an eye out for Sakani. ALL making announcement that uh, Ken Buckin, uh, governor for the Langley Thunder, and Kevin Hill, GM of the Burnaby Lakers, involved with the ALL. I'm still kind of waiting to see how this all rolls out, Jamie. I, I haven't heard a whole lot out of the LEC or the ALL leading up to their draft, which happens in a few weeks from now. But they've announced that Ken Buckin will be the commissioner and Kevin Hill will assist in helping out the coaches and stuff for the teams uh, for the upcoming draft. Speaking of coaches, uh, we've seen the Mammoth uh, lose another coach as Sean Williams no longer with the Colorado Mammoth as uh, Pat Coyle will welcome, well, his best friend to the Mammoth bench and a guy that he's coached with before and winning a Minto Cup with Jason Bishop, who just happens to be a former teammate of mine back with the belly. So Bish now on the Mammoth bench as Willie steps off, and I kind of wondered allowed to somebody I was talking to over the weekend about what happened to Willie. Like it doesn't like, I'm like, did he get fired? Did he leave? Does he got something else going on? What's happening here? And uh, this little birdie told me sources say that Willie could be lined up to be the man down there in Sin City in Las Vegas. When they start making announcements, Uh, heard anything on this front, Jamie? Uh, I don't have a comment. No comment. All right. Fair enough. No comment. There, I, I don't know it to be true. Just something I heard around the world, and uh, 
putting it out there. XLL, Jamie, uh, got to call a couple of XLL games uh, last week there as my man Tino Farah was unavailable. So I stepped in and, and uh, it was a little uncomfortable, a little cold there in, in the forum, but uh, managed to get through two games in the XLL. One was nuts. It was like 12 to 5 in, in game one, and the Eagles came back to win the thing 15 14, went on a crazy run in the second half. Came back for the big victory. And then the second game, the Wolves and the Bears ended up finishing tied in regulation. And I made a just a commissioner's call right on the spot, live on the air. And we finished the game with a shootout, Jamie. No overtime, no four on four, no three on three. Straight to the shootout here between the Bears and the Wolves is la- making lacrosse history in the XLL. This was a ton whoa, of Whoa, 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 whoa. We've been doing that in the Rock Elite League for 10 years, buddy. Like, for straight out of, no, like, you don't even play overtime, straight to the shootout? No overtime, straight to a three-person shootout, followed by sudden death shootout. Okay, that's exactly what we did, so maybe not. But I love it. History well done, on the West Mitch. Coast, West West Coast history. I hey, love it, love it. Uh, the Saskatchewan Rush coaches all got re-up there in Toontown. Jeff McComb, Jeremy Talevi, Jimmy Quinlan. And the general manager, Derek Keenan, getting signed up as well. So stability there in Saskatchewan. Uh, I mentioned this a few weeks ago about Team England looking for a box lacrosse goalie for the upcoming European Championships. Well, now Team Scotland is looking for a goaltender for the upcoming European Championships. Just so happens Walt Christensen, who is from Victoria, is the head coach of England. Well, Bob Hayes... Former Shamrocks head coach, also from Victoria, is the head coach of Team Scotland. Former goaltender as well, Bobby Hayes. Anyways, if you have Scottish bloodlines, parents, grandparents, or a Scottish passport, and you want to play some lacrosse in, I want to say, Germany this this August, Team Scotland looking for a goalie, find, uh, well, get a hold of me, and I'll put you in touch with Bobby Hayes, who... We'll uh, take it from there. We saw a couple of exhibition games going down over, well, inter-squad scrimmages. Exhibition games will start in a couple of weeks. But uh, 15-11 for Team Purple over Team Orange, as uh, Pete Dalladay and Patty Gregoire called the game there from Halifax. I don't know if you t- took in any of that uh, over the over the weekend, Jimmy. Did you see any Purple-Orange Halifax Thunderbirds? You know what? Kurt sent me the link, actually. I was down at the Leaf game. I I put it on for a minute, but no, I didn't really watch very much of that. Um, there was an actual exhibition game here at the track on Saturday oh, night between uh, Buffalo and Rochester. How'd that go? Well, I, I think Rochester opened it with a 9-0 run, um, and I think in the end it might have been something like... 9-0 run out of the gate. Yeah, having said that... Um, you know, they, they had very different approaches to the lineups they mm. put on the floor. Buffalo probably didn't play. They didn't play any of their regular O guys at all and uh, probably not their top 5 D guys at all either. So, whereas I heard Rochester, no you know, excuse, whether it be, No excuse. That's unacceptable. No, well, hey, listen. I, just I mean, kidding. it was the first first day, first day of camp and all that. Um, but, yeah, kidding. they had a game here. I didn't, well, I didn't see it, but. Well, there's you gonna know, be more, right? Like uh, I've I got the schedule somewhere, uh, but there is gonna be a ton of exhibition games coming out of Langley, the track, else uh, ILAs. So teams are starting to crank it up. Maybe not this coming weekend, but a bunch the following weekend. 
after that. Speaking of that, uh, November 13th, Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame. I don't even have it down on my list, but I'm going to this uh, to watch my good buddy Derek Malowski go into the hall, among others as well. November 13th, New Westminster Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame night. Uh, two years worth of classes going in there, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the BC Junior A Lacrosse League held a draft lottery. Due to COVID, they really didn't know what to do with the, the entry draft. I guess I don't, it's U16 now. I don't think we call it midget lacrosse anymore. But they had a draft lottery, and the Sambellies won the draft lottery. The Adnax came last in that draft lottery, so everybody kind of sandwiched in between there. But then it snakes back, so Coquitlam picks eighth, but then they pick first in the second round, and they just go back and forth through that. But uh, that's one way to, to figure out your, your draft. Uh, they just did a, like a little ping-pong ball sort of thing. They webcast it and everything, which I, I didn't see, but... Kind of interesting way to do it there. New turf down there in Fort Worth as uh, they laid down the turf in Panther City. Looks great there at Dickey's Arena. Looking forward to watching a game come out of there. What else do I have on Quick Sticks here? A couple more, Jamie. Uh, Native American History Month. We're into November. This is one of the most important months out of the year, and especially this year, which has been like any other as far as learning new things about the transgressions and tragedies and everything else to do with the indigenous peoples. So no better month to, to kind of educate yourself on. And I know the NLL is going to do a good job of this with uh, many of the players that we have in our league, but native American history month, I really encourage you to take some time to, to educate yourself on some indigenous culture or history or whatever it may be. And we'll be talking about that all month long here on Lax Class. You can count on that as well. Uh, maybe you can comment on this, Jamie, as I just saw this come out today. The National Lacrosse League Players Association opting out of the collecting collective bargaining agreement. So it was set to expire in 2023 July. It'll now expire in 2022 July. So the upcoming season will not be affected. And the, the statement coming from the NLLPA is saying just because they are opting out does not mean that they are not negotiating in good faith with the NLL Board of Governors and expect a, a kind of a new leaf to be turned over here and we'll continue working together to come up with hopefully what is a long-term CBA over the coming year. Are yeah, you, are you allowed to comment that. on that? I, I don't even know. No, I'm, I'm not going to comment on this while I have lots of opinions of this and that. I think... Uh, the thing to do at this time is to not comment on it. And, you know, I'll share my thoughts at a later time when it's appropriate. Fair enough. Um, fair enough. And we'll leave it at that. Okay. Uh, that's completely fair. I didn't, I wasn't sure where you'd come out on that, but I did like, it kind of caught, like it caught my attention when I saw it today. I was like, Oh, so I'm not, I'm not ready to panic on it. New leadership. News to me. There. News to me too, to be honest. With okay. You. okay. Uh, you know, I, I, I saw that like you. Uh, you know, so yeah, it is new. Uh, you know, obviously knew that that wasn't, was an option that they had to do. Um, but didn't know what direction they were going in exactly. Yeah. I didn't think they would, but here we are. And, and I'm not getting myself all up in a panic or thinking it's a bad thing. I just, I think it's time for this new leadership group to kind of put their stamp on things and, and they want to have a fresh start, uh, I think with that group and, 
and they'll continue to negotiate in good faith, like they mentioned. The last uh, quick stick I have here, Jamie, is NLL 35 Moments. And talking with my man Ryan Ireland there at the NLL, this is actually the last NLL 35 Moments. They planned it out to roll it into training camps. I thought they were doing it to roll it into the beginning of the season, but it was training camps, and they pretty much hit the nail on the head here as uh, this the final NLL 35 Moments. And the MILL, the Major Indoor Lacrosse League way back when, debuts on ESPN as everything comes full circle here, Jamie. The first MILL game, the Mill as they used to call it back then, aired on ESPN Network on January 17th, 1994 between the Detroit Turbos and the Baltimore Thunder. Back on the deuce. And this game, I think I was actually... My, my, I mentioned Derek Malosky. We were down in Sonoma at a university, and so, of course, we got ESPN2 back then, and this is what captivated me, really. 1994, this is when I began watching pro lacrosse on, on ESPN2 when I was going to school down in California. The 94 championship aired live, marking the first live broadcast of the MLL on ESPN 27 years later. The NLL is back on ESPN. Uh, pretty crazy to think about. 27-year hiatus from the worldwide leader in sports. And like we mentioned off the top, this is just massive for the NLL to be back on ESPN. I know it's only 10 linear games, but the plot, like, this is how people are watching sports now is on ESPN+. And a lot of people just don't even have cable. They're just watching through different streaming devices. So pretty exciting stuff. 27 years later, great job by Ryan and the, and the crew there on the NLL 35 moments. I enjoyed those each and every week. So with all that, the NLL, of course, a new sponsor here on Laxlaus. Maybe not so new anymore, but here are the easiest uh, answers for you. Easiest way to watch the NLL will be on TSN in Canada, ESPN in the United States. Fans can watch every NLL game digitally on TSN if they have a cable subscription that includes TSN or by going to tsn.ca or by downloading the TSN app. If fans do not have a cable package, listen up here. They can still subscribe to TSN Direct on either a daily, monthly, or yearly subscription. And it's a really reasonable price, too. I've actually looked into this because I've considered canceling my cable like so many times. I just haven't actually followed through with it. It's coming, though. I'm telling you. Every NLL game will be streamed on ESPN Plus in the United States, which also has a great combo deal here, Jamie. I know you're a big Disney Plus fan. Hulu and ESPN Plus for just $13.99 per month. Soon to be announced, the game of the week on TSN and 10 linear games on ESPN Networks. With both packages, it gives you other sports in addition to the NLL, like the NHL, MLS, college football, golf, racing, and more. So like you were saying, Jamie, it's not just lacrosse you're paying for here. You're getting all sorts of other sports when you sign up to ESPN, ESPN Plus or TSN direct so big thanks to the national lacrosse league for sponsoring the podcast and and we wanted to get all that information to you before we get our selves out of here on episode 156 but i think we're done once again jamie another nice job uh, by your yourself on on ep 156 likewise brother it was a good one i think and uh hopefully everyone enjoyed that and uh look forward to uh patty coil and and 
Kurt Mouse next week. That'll be a lot of fun. Well, they got to say yes, but hopefully they do. Uh, big thanks to Dan Richardson and Matt Sawyer for coming on the podcast this week. To our sponsors, of course, Stampede Tack, Associated Labels. <laughs> The NLL and the Vancouver Warriors and may have a new uh, sponsor to announce uh, in the coming weeks as well. So stay tuned for that. Big thanks to you, the listener, for checking out Lax Class each and every week right here on the home of it, Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. We'll be back next week, every week, every Tuesday with another episode of Lax Class. For Jamie Dalek, Kevin J. Kelly, and for the fastest game on two feet. And for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy. It's stay classic.